Welcome to Punk Goes Pod, a weekly deep dive into the Fearless Records Punk Goes collection, song by song, one song at a time. The second that you said deep dive, I'm imagining those old timey diving suits with like oh, the huge... yeah, like the cage over the front of the. And it's on. So you've been um, when you your one of your favorite drinks is the ginger beer, the matzos, yes, and it's on the packet is a picture of like a guy with one of those old timey. Diving suits. I truly hadn't noticed. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah, look, all the finer detail in life is just gone at the moment. <laughs> it's all just shapes and just basic blocks of colour for me. Sure. How are you? I'm good. I have been thoroughly enjoying... This has basically been my week as well. I've been thoroughly enjoying the Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah. Uh, my favourite game in the whole world has been made prettier. Yeah. And given some new gaming mechanics and everything, so, yeah. So been... how does it stack up against the original one? It's a different game to the original. Does like... that kind of... It hasn't dampened the experience at all? No, nah, not for me. I... Yeah, no, I really enjoy it. I, um... I will go through to the end and I'll probably play it again. Um... Apparently, like, I think, I haven't been looking at any reviews for it. I think um, some people are saying, oh, it's a bit different to the original. It's like, yeah, we were kind of expecting it to be different to the original. The original is 23 years old. I feel like it either needs to be literally just a remastered version of the original, like Spyro was. Um, yeah, like Spyro had no different mechanics yeah, to it. Or it does need to have enough of a difference from the original to validate the fact that they redid it if that makes sense yeah and it, and it is and you yeah. you sassed the game for the size of cloud sword well it's just it it's just stupid it doesn't make any sense it um you're not the first person to to mention that maybe cloud strife is overcompensating with the size of his sword mm, definitely he's got some self-confidence issues i think i mean his sword is kind of ridiculous Sephiroth's sword, the the villain of the game, his sword is like ten feet long, as well. So it's just, like, it's just watching it. You makes you wonder: Did any of these people making the game actually ever see a sword before this? A real sword. A real sword. Real sword. So yeah, it's uh, that's kind of been my week. Oh. I took a week off work, so you also celebrated a birthday this week. Oh shit, I did. So yeah. Very low-key, much like mine was. But again, lots of friends and family and loved ones mm. sent lots of lovely messages and gifts and whatnot. So Certainly felt loved. Yeah. Yeah. Which was good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what are we doing this week? I mean, you're going to ask me how I am. Yes. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I am well. Thanks for asking. But this week, we are looking at the song Love Song by Sarah Bareilles, as covered by Four Years Strong for Punk Goes Pop 2. Volume DOS. Mm-hmm. So, what can you tell us about Sarah Bareilles? So, Sarah Bareilles, she was born in 1979 from Eureka, California. I feel mm-hmm. like Eureka should definitely have an exclamation point at the end of it. Yeah, I can see yeah. that. I don't know. I, uh, yeah. I feel, yeah, it feels weird to just say it in a monotone, like, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Eureka. Yeah. Yeah, I'm from, yeah. I come from this tiny town called Eureka. Nah, it needs to have pomp and zazz. Zazz? Zazz. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. How are you going there? <laughs> He's taking a swig of his Hop Nation. Hop Nation Organic Lager. Gifted from... Uh, dear friends, Joe and Mark. Friends of the pod and friends of life, Joe and Mark. So It not... is ACO certified organic mm. as well. A local brand. Yes. I don't drink beer, but I appreciate them because I am Footscray proud, even though I don't even live in Footscray. You live a suburb over. Yeah, Footscray adjacent, so it's close enough. 
you you basically you can walk to Footscray. I can very and easily. I do. Yes, very I walk easily. there very free. Well, at least I used to before the virus. Mm. Um. So I had kind of so I'd written about or I've researched a bit about like the other ventures that she's made. So she's she is a recording artist, but she's also done other she's also gone down other avenues mm-hmm. essentially so she wrote the music for the broadway musical waitress yeah which i believe was a book or a movie before that i thought it was a movie but i, I... think it might have been a movie yeah what's a real quick what's uh what's a an unassuming movie that you could or tv show or book that you could turn into a broadway musical Oh, man. The first thing that came to my mind, and I'm getting real bleak with this, is Requiem Dream, the Broadway... Requiem for a Dream, the Broadway musical. (laughs) Far out. (laughs) That's so... I mean, if you've got Broadway musicals for Shrek... Wait, did that get to Broadway, or was that just, like, No, I think it got to Broadway. Because it's it's over here at the moment. Yeah. Or else it's just huge in Australia and literally nowhere else, which wouldn't surprise me. I can't, but I can't imagine that we would be the place to, to originate Shrek the musical. Oh, uh, really? No. Anyway. Uh, you know, the Spider-Man turn off the dark. Yes. I wish I had seen that. Oh, it would have been amazing how bad it was. Legally Blonde. Yep. I really want to watch that. Yep. Yeah, I can't think of a movie that I would want to see taken to Broadway as such that hasn't already been done. You know what, fuck it. I'm going to say it. This is going to be a real weird one. American Pie, the movie. The musical. Go, Trig boy. It's your oh. birthday. Really? Yeah, really. I feel like you're spitballing for gags here. No, I'm not, actually. I reckon that would be a really good... I'm pointing at the... I don't know why I pointed at it. <laughs> I'm pointing at my box set of American Pie DVDs, <laughs> which I own. I've yes, done the research. It I, checks out. I own... <laughs> I fucking own the American Pie box set. Um, <laughs> bought it for six bucks at Cash Converters. Uh, what a uh, find. Um, no, because you could put, like, dope... Like, you could make some pretty funny songs... You take a lot of the toilet humour out. You could have, like, a sweet pop-punk soundtrack to it as well. And don't say that doesn't work, because fucking Green Day did a musical, so... I mean, they did, but they made a musical of a pop-punk soundtrack, and not sort of the other way around. Sure. Wait. Yes. Yes, I think that's what I want to say. Anyway. We are getting way off topic here. Well, I mean, we're still going to talk about Broadway. We're still going to be talking about Broadway musicals, so because so, she also played Mary Magdalene in Jesus Christ Superstar, and that is the end of our chatting about Broadway musicals. I said we were still going to continue talking about. It. I didn't say how long for. <laughs> Full stop. Mm-hmm. Yes, I will not be bringing it up anymore because I feel like I will break your brain if I do. I. Yeah, I, I don't know why, but the concept of a, the American Pie musical is particularly challenging to me today. I don't know if I'm just not in the right headspace to receive it, or else I just genuinely don't think it would work. I just... I will stop when you give me a, just any any example of one. Just anything, the musical. Alright, uh, Forrest Gump, the musical. There done. you go. It was already two books, yeah. so... Apparently those books are wild. Yeah, I've heard that. I want to read... Like, the second one, I think he goes to space. Good on him. (laughs) He deserves to. (laughs) I want to read those books. I want to read those books more than I want to ever rewatch that movie. Oh, I love that movie. It's a bad movie. It is... (sighs) You better watch it, mister. Go on, (laughs) tell... You are trading on thin ice at the moment. Alright, I will stop. I'm not locked up in here with you. You're locked up in here with me, Rorschach. I will stop because I don't, I don't want to argue with you about the terribleness of Forrest Gump and the fact that it robbed some genuinely good movies of Oscars that year. <sighs> so she's also acted. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, she's appeared. In, well, I think the episode. Yeah, no, the episode that I'm thinking of on on Thirty Rock was that she. Um, they were doing like one of those, you know, like the Michael Jackson "We Are the World." Right. The yep. the idea of like bunch of musicians get together and sing. Yeah. Yeah, I think she was one of those um, in an episode of Thirty Rock because they were doing a song to get Alec Baldwin's data and not. The actor, but his character. Yeah. Um, a kidney, because he needed a kidney. She'd also appeared in an episode of Community. Wasn't, didn't she appear as herself in that as well? Probably, but I can't remember in what episode. I feel like, because I mean, that show kind of sort of went off the rails after about season three. Mm. Um, and that's, that is what it is. It's sort of known that it kind of um, had its issues. Yeah. And she has appeared as herself again in Sesame Street. So maybe she's not so much an actor. No, I was about to say. Yeah, so she has made some television appearances. So, yeah, I think her acting credits mostly involve her playing herself, which, I don't know, that might be the greatest acting role of all time, is being able to portray yourself accurately. Yeah, I mean, didn't... Bill Shakespeare say all the world's a stage and we are but players. I think so. Mm. This has been Poetry Corner. Or um, I was trying to think of like a really funny answer like, nah, that was actually Carrot Top that said that. <laughs> <laughs> it's but, an oddly specific reference. But yeah. I think, yeah. That's why I was just like, Think of someone funny. Think of someone funny. Think of someone funny. <laughs> it's just like Homer. Eat the pudding. 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 Um. So yeah, I I think probably the most impressive thing to say about her is that she was a self-taught. She is a self-taught musician as well. I'm just so envious of people who can do that because, like, I was a self-taught guitarist but by that I mean I'm really shit at it because I used to print off tabs from the internet and play them let me ask you a question if you do so I mean they probably wouldn't have had them back then but like you do video tutorials and stuff now does that still count as being self-taught if you teach yourself doing like YouTube tutorials and Uh, I don't know also you're right with like the tabs and everything um Basically, once you learn that, you kind of can teach yourself guitar. Mm. From like learning scales and everything helps. Yeah. Um, I yeah. don't know. I always just wanted to be in like a sick like pop punk band, but I wanted to sort of fast track the bit where I learned. Are you all right? Yeah, I was trying to be silent about I that. Thought I, I wanted to check on your well being. Thank you. Sam just bobbed himself. My my funny bone. Oh, it hurts the now. Greatest tragedy of all is that it's never funny when it happens. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you're not going to be that technical, um, that person who knows all the notes and everything, but yeah. you could still be a, a fine guitarist or bassist. This is one of those situations where it's like, well, why don't I learn now? But I'm getting real sick of the, like, use this time to enrich your life, like, learn a new hobby. It's like, if I didn't learn it without a pandemic... Why should I learn it with a pandemic? Yeah, and just this myth that like we all have this amazing amount of spare time now. It's like... Eh. Still not. You're still working eight to nine hours a day. And then people who unfortunately aren't, like they... It's they're not like they're just... Work yeah, they're not like... just like relaxing in a hammock like, well, this is fine. No. Like, just even if like you've got physical free time, doesn't mean you've got mental free time. Yeah. It's just like... Uh, yeah, no, I'm worried about how I'm going to pay rent, and not me personally, but that person is worrying about how they're going to pay for everything. Yeah. You know. Uh, anyway. So, let's get into About the Song. Yes.
was released in 2007 via Epic Records. I feel like again that should have a that should have an exclamation point on it. <laughs> She's just a very understated human. Remember in 2010 how everything was epic? Mm-hmm. It was one of those overused words. It was epic? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 2010. We should bring back, like, boss or righteous. I want to bring back words like gnarly. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Bodacious. Bodacious. Basically, I want to bring back all the words that they say in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. See, I was going to say Bill and Ted. Like, I basically just want to be like them, wild stallions. It's basically the same. Yeah. Radical. If I... I I always thought I wanted to start, like, a kind of, like, party thrash band. Yep. So, like, a band, like, like for instance, a band like Municipal Waste, how a lot of their songs are about, like, getting drunk and getting high and partying. Are they really? Yeah, Municipal Waste. Like, they had a, they had an album called The Art of Partying. Oh, shit. I just assumed they were, like, a dead serious band. Nah, 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 nah. Huh. Nah. Um, but, like, I, I wanted to start a band like that and call it Gnarly. Nice. Yeah. I like that. Or what about Shred the Gnar? Is that a thing? To Shred the Gnar? Maybe. I don't know. I'm going to look that up on... To shred the gnar. I don't think it is. Shred the... Hang on. So while you're looking into that, I'll also state that this was the debut single from her debut album, Little Voice. I'm just going to step in. It is a thing. So according to Urban Dictionary, it originated in the early days of skateboarding. And I think it just means to, yeah, to go big, to never stop or give up. Except the reality that anything is possible and everything can be accomplished if you set your mind to it. So, you should shred the gnar, baby, and start that band. Yeah, yeah, with myself, I guess. And me. I'll finally learn something. Alright. Boss can be on drums. What, what would one of our song topics be? Pizza. Pizza, yeah, I like that. I thought you said this would be a thrash band, not a pop punk band. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna have to We qu- can start a pop punk band and call it gnarly. I'm gonna have to quit now. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, you're out. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to return your uh gonna have your, to hand your gnarly in my... the band um memorabilia. My gun and my badge. Yeah. Your <laughs> gun and your badge. <laughs> So it was nominated for two Grammy Awards in 2009. Song of the it was nominated for Song of the Year and Best Female Vocal Performance. Just to clarify, this is Sarah Bareilles we're talking about, not Nali. Yeah, yeah, Sarah Bareilles. We haven't uh, got there. She just was the yet. former lead singer of Nali. Yeah, and then I stepped in. Yeah. So long, Bareilles. Toodle oo. In an interview in 2011, Bareilles explained about the song. It was actually written for my record label. I had been turning in new music. I was getting the red light. I couldn't go into the couldn't go into the studio yet because they were waiting for something. But I wouldn't dot dot dot. <laughs> Nobody Well that's what it's got. It's got dot 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 in those square brackets. You know the square brackets? Yeah. In that sense I probably would have just put square brackets, like the ellipses and square brackets, but started the sentence with nobody. Yeah, nobody said what they... That makes more sense. <laughs> nobody said... I literally ripped this straight from Wikipedia. No, that's... Yeah. Wikipedia. That, that's what it's there for. No, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> Go for it. So I kept turning in new songs thinking, like, is this what you want? Is this what you want? And it was always a big thumbs down. And I ended up writing Love Song out of frustration. In 2014, she stated it was very tongue-in-cheek and nasty in a passive-aggressive way. Confirming it was a response to the record label, pressuring her to make safe, radio-friendly songs. So this is essentially a repeat of a couple of weeks ago, the whole, like... Oh yeah, song too. Yeah. Yeah. Except, like... Actually, no, this is kind of exactly the same, because I was going to say it sort of failed in its execution because it's so good. Yeah, it's a radio-friendly pop song. Yeah. Yeah. And if you didn't... if I'm sure it's possibly in there in the lyrics, but... Yeah, I just assumed it was about a relationship where one person one person was demanding more over the other person. I mean, I get, like, I suspect that she sort of wrote it as, like, a double-barreled kind of thing where, like, to her it means this thing. Mm. To everyone else it means this thing. But again, it's just that thing of, like, so then... <sighs> yeah, I... <laughs> 
I don't know. It's just kind of like, so you just proved yourself. Did she prove herself wrong or did she prove herself right? Because like the record label wanted something radio friendly. She was like, well, fuck you. Fuck you. I'm going to make this song. And then it was a hit. And then it was a hit. And I was like, welp. So it's just like, so then, yeah, you really showed them. Like, <laughs> anyway. You and them made millions. Whoops. Ha ha. Good joke. So it just, yeah. Like, but then in saying that, which we'll get into shortly, like, I love this song. So, anyway. So the song reached number four in the Aria charts, number one in Canada and on the US adult contemporary charts. Number five in the Netherlands, number seven in New Zealand, and number four on the Billboard Hot 100 and UK singles charts. Mm -hmm. The music video was directed by Josh Forbes. Uh... He has also worked with such bands as The Offspring, Alkaline Trio, Coheed and Cambria, and The Bare Naked Ladies. Uh-huh. While you are talking about the actor who was in it, I'm just going to do a little thought experiment. I'm going to go ahead and guess that Josh Forbes also directed the music video for Mercy Me by Alkaline Trio, and I'm going to check that theory while you continue. Okay. Yep. Let's do this. So... The film clip also features British actor Adam Campbell. Um, he has some acting credits to his name. Uh, he, unlike Sarah Bareilles, actually portrays characters other than himself. <laughs> Maybe because he's not as interesting as Sarah Bareilles. But he was the love interest in the god-awful parody movie, Date Movie. Yeah. Um, which also starred Alison Hannigan. It was. I don't know if you've ever seen Date Movie. It's real bad. That's when. That's when they started to do. Because I think it was like two thousand five, two thousand six. That's when they started to just go stupid with spoof movies. Yeah. That was like the one that I think kicked off. Because like I mean, Scary Movie had been out for a few years. Not another Teen Movie had been out for a few years. Those are legitimately good spoof movies, though. Yeah. Those are legitimately funny movies. Um. But that was the one that sort of... I feel like Date Movie kind of then kicked off Meet the Spartans and Epic Movie and, like, Scary Movie 5 was happening and it was, you know, there was, like, a sports movie and there was just a glut of these god-awful yeah. fucking atrocious movies. Yep. Um, he was also in a short arc in The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yes. He played her... He played in the first season... Uh, Kimmy's boyfriend with the British accent, but it turned out he was not British. He was just rich and from Connecticut. Okay. And that's how they speak in Connecticut, apparently, on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Um, did not work out for them on the show. Yeah. Yes. I miss Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Shit. <laughs> the Unbreakable Kimmy shit. I feel like the last season kind of... Yeah, like, it was good. I feel like it it wasn't one of those ones that like, oh man, you could have gone for another five seasons. So, just to jump in with my thought experiment, I was wrong, which is deeply infuriating. Um, I thought he did the video for Mercy Me because it has a very similar like aesthetic to it. Like okay. the whole sort of, that very classic 2007, 2008, like that kind of, almost like paper craft slash yeah. like steampunky kind of vibe. Yeah. And yeah, Mercy Me has a very similar feel to it cool video i like it so yeah if you feel like watching some alkaline trio go for it um but no he worked on them with a song called help me i think okay which i have not watched me neither <laughs> that is my interesting factoid <laughs> for this episode what do so. you think skeebs what, what what did you what did what did you think about the uh video who me no skeeba oh like, yeah he's he's here because he's a ghost <laughs> Even though he's still alive, he's we basically he's he's spooky man. This is what we can use our Ouija board for. <gasps> we'll I, summon not, Matt Skiba. I have not mentioned that I uh, bought a Ouija board about a month ago, mm-hmm. and um, it is crap for what you paid for it, which is disappointing. Yeah, it's fifty five bucks, and it's uh, <laughs> well, the planchette is made of paper, not paper, plastic. Plastic. Yeah, that's the bit that shits me the most. We might be able to buy a better one. I would use, I would invest in a mm. nice wood one. Yeah. With glass. Yeah. Because that's just... It's plastic and plastic. Yeah. <laughs> plastic on plastic. Plastic on plastic. Um, yeah. I don't know. I would I would invest in a better 
Is it planchetta or planchette? Planchette. I think you're thinking of pancetta, the deli meat. I definitely am. <laughs> Good thing I've eaten or else I'd be hungry. Right I hope now. it's pronounced planchette and not like planchette or something like planchette. that. <laughs> anyway, I sorry, my thought experiment took us way off, so let's get back into it <laughs> so what do you think of love song by it's, sarah Bareilles? it's really good um yeah i i have written it down because i did not want to forget about this and i've not tried this out on your yet already so <laughs> new material uh, new material excellent this sounds like the song that would start off a movie about like a girl who's struggling to make it big in the big city yeah, yeah. Like, she, this is the song that would start when she's waking up, the alarm goes off, and it's like the montage of her getting ready to go to work, and she's just she's just struggling. Like, she's, like, struggling to put her pants on, and she's just, like, brushing her teeth, looking sad. And this is the song that would play as she's doing all that. Yeah. And, she, like, she goes to... She misses her bus. Um, you know, a car goes past and, like, sprays them, sprays her with water. There wasn't a puddle there, but somehow, like... <laughs> You know, they drive by, shoot her with water pistols. That sounded very violent until you said water pistols. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I feel like before we get too stuck into it, I'm just going to give a bit more background to the music video just so we can talk about it some more. So, yeah, the video directed by Josh Forbes features, and to quote Wikipedia once again, a miniature Borellis playing the piano inside a coin-operated jukebox that plays love songs. A steady stream of men and women enter the booth and insert coins to observe her through a pinhole as she plays the same song day after day. The lyrics express her growing frustration as she declares that she is not going to write you a love song today, whereupon Borellis grabs the next coin that rolls inside and uses it to jam the gears. The next morning, the owner of the booth, who was seen in the beginning of the video, enters. He notices that the jukebox has gone dark and appears amazed when he discovers Borellis inside the jukebox. He retrieves the jammed coin from the gears and hands it to Borellis. So, yeah, to me, this song is very, and I guess the video helps, like it's very representative of just that very specific time in like contemporary music. Yeah. Like, I get that sort of twee kind of cute yeah. aesthetic. And then, yeah, like, I just remember a lot of that sort of, like I said, pa- like paper crafty sort of steampunky vibe going on. And it's also kind of got that sheen to it. Like, yeah. Like, it's just that little bit, I don't want to say dirty, but like, a few years from now, like, you would not see a Katy Perry film clip with a filter like this. Well, like yeah, it, it just, yeah, it looks like it's just, sort of... Just the slightest bit of Vaseline on the camera or something. <laughs> like, just, not like 70s porno style, but just like Jesus. the slightest little bit of, just a little bit of... And like, I feel like I Miss You by Blink-182 kind of had that sheen to it, which yeah. is a couple of years before that. But like, uh, Mr. Brightside also kind of had that yeah, look to it's it. Yeah, just that sort of oldie worldy sort of yeah yeah yeah. um but yeah no i agree with you it feels like it definitely belongs in the opening credits of like a 20 something something. yeah like 20 something girl tries to find her way in the bustling streets of new york or like i'm yeah i'm trying to the reason i jumped back into the music video was because i'm just jumping onto wikipedia to see where this song had appeared I kind of like that that it has that thing of, like, she's saying, I'm not going to write you a love song, yet her job is literally to write love songs in in the film clip. Yeah, like, it's very cute. It's a a literal interpretation, but it works. I don't quite get, though, why she's trying to catch the attention of the shop owner. Ah. Because, as you said, like, she grabs the coin, shoves it in the gears. Yeah. And that's when he, he opens it up and he's holding the torch and he's watching her. And she's saying, I'm not going to write you a love song, but then he closes the door on her <laughs> at the end. I, yeah. Like, she's trying to get his attention, but why? To say, hey, I'm there, or... I think so. I think it's to sort of show the humanity slash the human behind this machine. Like... She's saying, she's saying like, no I'm... more love songs. I'm going to do poker from now on. Polka. <laughs> she's saying, I've joined my union, and you're fucking going down... 
So get ready. Us, a... Me and the rest of the tiny musicians yeah, out there. I've joined the jukebox union. There's, there's a tiny DJ working in arcade. <laughs> the borrowers jukebox union. And yeah, you better lawyer up, mister, because <laughs> I'm pissed off. Overworked, underpaid. All I, I get is fucking this, cough it up. All I get is these giant coins. <laughs> I do. There's something inherently delightful about tiny beings holding oversized, like human-sized things, and they're big. Yeah, like the way she sort of cl- clutches the coin to her chest is so cute. Yeah, it's like pretty, pretty adorable. I can't remember if I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but in video games, my favorite levels are always the giant levels, like when everything turns huge and you're still the same size yeah. like my favorite 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 world i don't even know if it's the full world or not but it's like there's some levels in super mario 3 yeah where it's just like the big world and yeah. everything is huge but you're the same size yeah and like everything is still the same sort of power like it doesn't take five jumps to kill anything yeah but it's just i don't know i just love it it's yeah it's just kind of whimsical there is a Tony Hawk um, <laughs> secret level where you are a tiny pro skater in a kitchen. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. can't remember which one this is. Oh, I want to be in that world now. That would be so cute. Just doing like tricks in like a colander or something. 50-50 butter grind. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I think there's a big stick of butter. That's so cute. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Um... But yeah, like I would bet, I was going to say any amount of money, but I'd bet like maybe two bucks that this song appeared in Grey's Anatomy, um, that it appeared in, yeah, I guess just Grey's Anatomy. Would it be a bit happy for, because I only, I imagine basically Grey's Anatomy, the only band that ever performed and they probably made millions of dollars on it was the script. No. And I don't even know, I don't even have, I don't even have evidence to back that up it's just like that's the only band i could ever imagine no i see like it it was sort of similar to scrubs in the idea of like they did have like the script the fray snow patrol all those ones but then because meredith is a 20 something or like early 30 something like making her way in new york or not new york wherever making her way in greys well, you're just making your way in the hospital. Like, it still has that streak of, like, single and trying to find myself. Isn't her last name Grey as well? It is. And isn't Grey's Anatomy an actual book? It is actually a reference Don't book. Don't fuck yourself with that writing. Come on, get out of here. See, I thought that was kind of cute. No. But anyway. And not you. Whoever wrote that. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Come on. It's not my fault that it happened. <laughs> um, so, yeah, those are my thoughts on the song. I yeah. Well, that's your thoughts on the film clip. Have you? What I else know. have you really said about the song? <laughs> Again, I think just throwing back to earlier, just it shits me when artists do this thing like, "Oh, you want a hit? I'll write you a hit," and then like, surprise, you wrote a hit. It's mm. like, so why? <laughs> it's not like so. Why didn't you just do that from the beginning? But like, again, I don't know. Yeah, why the defiance? Well, it's just sort of, yeah, there's a reason why they're sort of gearing you in a particular, or like guiding you in a particular direction is because they know what makes money. Yeah. So anyway. It's what they do. Yeah. They pump this stuff out and like, just... It's not like I go to my job and go, well, fuck everyone. Here's a bunch of nonsense I've just inserted into this thing I'm editing today because I don't feel like editing something that people are going to read. Mm. Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, it's kind of. Uh, I initially thought that there was two two pianos in it, and then I realised it's kind of simple cause that she could have been. She was probably just doing by herself. Yeah, just the dun 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 dun. dun I do kind of like the jangly like piano to it. It's kind of like heavy piano almost. Yeah, it's like she's hitting those keys. Yeah, maybe that's yeah. That's the angry bit of her. Just like, you really want this? And then... Um, what was I going to say? <laughs> I remember... I don't, I don't remember what film clip it was for, but it was a Cradle of Filth film clip back when I was 14 <laughs> and thought Cradle of Filth was the shit. 
And it was like one of their earlier film clips. And it was because they had, they always had like a keyboardist or mm. piano player in the band. It was like supposed to be like a piano solo, but like in the film clip, it was just the piano player was just smashing down the keys with two hammers. <laughs> so I'm kind of imagining that's what she's doing. Just so angry. So ready to make a hit. Yep. Yeah. Um, I remembered what I was going to say. Cool. I think, <laughs> I know, I'm pretty proud of myself. Um, I think, yeah, I found it kind of jarring to hear her take on, like, why she wrote it. Because to me, it just has a lot of warmth to it that doesn't make, well, it does make sense. Because, like I said, there could sort of be those two sort of dual meanings to the song. But, like, when you put it within the context of, like, a middle finger to my record label above me directing it to someone or to an idea of having conflicting feelings for someone. Like, Mm. again, it sort of takes a bit of that warmth away, but I still really love the song. Like, it's just all a bunch of feels at the moment. Two things. So it's kind of endemic? Uh, Within what context? Oh, so uh, I was just just making sure that endemic is the right word. Um, It's kind of endemic in that it's... It's almost like when, and you know, some people don't have good families, some people don't have loving parents, but when you, when you go through, when a lot of people go through their teenage years and they're kind of shitheads, and I mean, I'm speaking from experience, I... Oh, I was a teenage shithead as well. Yeah, like, just <laughs> didn't want to spend time with my parents. And That's that going to be thing. the name of my autobiography. Yep. I was a teenage shithead. I was a teenage shithead. Because I was a teenage <laughs> shithead. <laughs> Baby. Baby. Um, it's that kind of thing of like, your parents are there and will always support you and they love you, but you're being kind of shit to them. It's kind of like, this record label is supporting me, yeah, but I'm still trying to rebel against them for some reason. And like, don't get me wrong, like, record labels I think can be very, like, from what I understand they can be pretty fucking predatory, like the same way that any kind of employer could be predatory towards anyone. And I'm sure that, you know, for a lot of acts they have had to sacrifice their sound yeah but at the same time if the record label knows what they're doing well yeah and also my other point could this song have gone either way so it's you know i'm not going to write you a love song and if you look at it you know the sense of you know she's talking about a man yeah um you know this person's like i want you to write me a love song well no yeah. I'm not going to because you asked for it. Could it have gone the other way as well? Keep the music and everything the same and being a really good love song as well? Oh, I get it. So... So that everything stays the same except for the lyrics. So what? It's just... And I'm going to write you well, doesn't, doesn't need to be that. <laughs> like, the chorus can be something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um... There's something about the opening chords that does feel a bit... I don't know if the word's dissonant, or like it just sort of feels a bit uneasy compared to the tone of the rest of the song to me. So I guess in that sense, it does reflect that idea of defying that other person. Yeah. That's the point, yeah. I don't know. I wish I had more musical theory behind me to talk about this, but based on gut feel, when I was listening to it closely today, I was like, that actually, like... I really enjoy the opening bit and just that underlying the sort of piano riff, whatever the hell you'd call it. But yeah, there's something about it that does feel a bit jarring at times. I believe the word you're looking for is piano shred. Shred the gnar. Shred the key. Yep. Yep. Hit those ebonies and ivories. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, I don't know if we have much else to say about Sarah Bareilles. But we do have stuff to say about four years strong. Can you tell me to breathe easy for a while? The breathing gets harder, even I know that. Made room for me, it's too soon to see if I'm happy in your hands. I'm unusually hard to hold on to.
good four years. <laughs> Pretty strong. <laughs> That's a strong four-year-old. Jesus. <laughs> so, four years strong. They formed in 2001... And they hail from Worcester, Massachusetts. And we're assuming that that's how it's pronounced. Yeah. That's how, I, I mean, that's how I pronounce it in my head as well. Unless it's like Worcestershire, Worcestershire sauce. How it's like... Worcestershire. Worcestershire. What? Go. Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Worcestershire sauce. Because this is like Worcestershire, but without the sheer at the end. So maybe it's Worcestershire. Because isn't it like Worcestershire or something? Yeah. I have a bottle. Yeah, Worcestershire. I have a bottle. I can double check. I just want to... S- okay, sorry. My last thought experiment for the day. What? Do, how do you pronounce Worcestershire? Worcestershire... Fuck. Worcestershire... How do you spell... Warsaw, Poland. <laughs> how do you spell this town name? No, how do you pronounce it? I know how to spell it. But seeing as it's the first half of Worcestershire, is it pronounced Worcester or Worcester? Pronounce... Sorry, I'm just, um, Googling. I've only ever used Worcestershire sauce when I make shepherd's pie. I don't know if I could, I could smell it. It's kind of sweet. I don't know if I could really tell you what it actually tastes like, though, outside of shepherd's pie. I don't know what else you'd it put it on. It sort of tastes like savoury, doesn't it? I don't know. Uh, hang on. Let me see. There's going to be an ad, isn't there, Dee? Worcester. 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 Fuck off. Worcester, Massachusetts. Worcester. 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 Okay, well, I'm glad I... Like, I mean, that's only one person, pronunciation book on YouTube. But I'm... Yeah. Hey, I'm just going to do one more. Just to check. That's so funny. Us being all know-it-all. Hang on. Da-da-da-da. Massachusetts. Is that right? I have no clue. What the hell is that? So, Blackford. NIU Blackford. Athletics. Something Virginia. Right and they are asking, how do you pronounce uh, Worcester, Blackford, Massachusetts? Absolutely no clue. I don't know, somewhere by Boston, I think. Worcester. Worcester. Is that it? Worcester. <laughs> See? Something like that. Understandable. Worcester. Worcester. <laughs> Worcester. Oh, well, so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to Worcester. I don't even know how to say that. Worcester. 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 Okay. Okay. Worcester, Virginia. Well, no. maybe that's where Worcestershire sauce came from. That's British. Oh fuck. <laughs> But so okay, let me start that again then. That was a very interesting thing that we learned today. Yeah. All right. So, four years strong. They formed in two thousand and one, and they hail from Worcester in Massachusetts. Worcester. Did I Worcester. did I say it wrong? No, you said it right. Worcester. So it's like rooster with a W. Worcester. I'm looking at the ingredients for Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> Well, do tell. Um, hang on, I'm going through the Wikipedia page. So it, it, it is British. It just has Worcester. The creators extract. were the chemists John Wheelie Lee and... Chemists? <laughs> yeah, and William Henry Perrins. Fuck. Uh, it's been considered a generic term. Oh, it's 1876. It's frequently used to enhance food and drink recipes. Ugh. Oh, it's in a Bloody Mary, isn't it? No, that's Tabasco. It is Tabasco. Welsh rabbit... And that's not me saying <laughs> rabbit wrong. Rabbit. Caesar <laughs> salad. rabbit. That's right. It goes in Oysters Kill Patrick. And deviled eggs. <laughs> no, it can go in a Bloody Mary. <laughs> so what's in it? Uh, okay, so barley malt vinegar. Okay. Oh, so this is the original ingredients in a bottle of Worcestershire sauce. Sold were barley malt vinegar, spirit vinegar, molasses, sugar, salt, anchovies, tamarind extract, onions, originally shallots, garlic, spice, flavourings is an ingredient. That's such a cop-out. Like, flavourings of what? The spice and flavourings are believed to include cloves, soy sauce, lemons, pickles, and peppers. 
Jesus. So it's just a mishmash and of like sweet and sour. It's just like it's umami aged, in a bottle. And the original was aged for 36 months in a Gross. barrel. <laughs> or 18 months for low cost versions of it. Man. Um, it did say something about umami. Ooh, mommy. Ooh, mommy. Ooh, mommy. Uh, <laughs> well, there you go, folks. Um, everything you've ever wanted to know about Worcestershire sauce. Yep. And Worcester, the town. Not Worcester. Nah. Fuck Worcester. Nah. Alright. To this date. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Four Year Strong have released six studio albums, and they are currently signed to Pure Noise Records. Pure Noise. Uh, the band developed their sound of fusing pop punk with hardcore, as it was the sound they wanted to listen to. Mm-hmm. And they are considered one of the acts that popularized Easy Core. So, Samuel, you know more about Easy Core than I do. So, what does Easy Core entail? So, Easy Core is the I mean, to, basically, in real simple terms, it's basically the blending of pop punk melodies with breakdowns from hardcore. Sick. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like really easy listening hardcore, or like you know. Um, so yeah, like Four Year Strong is a band that popularized it. There are other bands that did popularize Easy Core though as well. Um, it's kind of like. I imagine the the sort of harder version, the band that did the the Taylor the the first Taylor Swift cover that we talked about, how it was like growls mm. and breakdowns with real super whiny vocals. I imagine that's yeah the souped up version of Easy Core. Yeah, um, I'm gonna just bring up Easy Core as well. Ooh, subgenres of pop punk, neon pop, emo yeah. pop, Easy Core. There you go. Uh, it's a fusion, fusion of genres that mixes elements of pop punk and different forms of hardcore punk, particularly metalcore and post-hardcore. Okay, so yeah. Chunk, no Captain Chunk, who we will talk yep. about. A Day to Remember, who we will talk about, I believe. I think so. And Four Year Strong, popularised. Yep. Easy core. Well, there you go. Sounds like something you'd eat. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm just thinking Easy Mac. Easy Mac. Easy, something to do with, like, apples or something. <laughs> So it's like an apple with no core in it. So easy core apple. Yeah, so you can eat the whole thing. Yeah. Actually, I remember a kid in primary school eating the entire apple once, and it freaked me out. Yeah, I think my brother did once as, oh, as a dare. That's so upsetting. Yeah, it's not great. But I think yeah, the I worst should... part for me is the fuzzy bit. On the, on the other end, so with the stem, and then the, uh, oh, the other... like the butt end of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. What is the need for that? Yeah, this is why I like I cut up my apples because then you can just cut off the middle bit, and then Bob's your uncle. <laughs> You've got a healthy snack. Yeah. Add some go. peanut butter or some yogurt, and you're laughing. Some yogurt. <laughs> so, yeah, four years strong. I don't have a hell of a lot of background with them. Did you ever fuck with them when you were a kid? No, but I... So before we get into their cover, I listened to a bit of their stuff preparing for this episode. They're pretty dope. Yeah. Pretty gnarly. They're the ones that did, um... Alpha Dog... No. Underdog Alma Mater? Uh, that's Forever the Six Kids. Fuck. Okay. Um, so it wasn't them. So, <laughs> no. And that's, like... They're, yeah, I would have definitely fucked with this in high school had I mm. had I known about it. Yeah. Um, would have definitely gotten into this. It's yeah. uh, really quite cool. Yeah. Um, no, just... And it is that, that... So you can definitely hear the pop punk. Like, the vocals aren't whiny. I no. think they use two vocalists. So mm-hmm. maybe... I don't know if they're, like, two actual people with microphones or if, like, two guitarists or something sharing the vocal duties. I don't know. Um, so, yeah. At the moment, the group consists of vocalists and guitarists Dan O'Connor and Alan Day, bassist Joe Weiss, and drummer Jake Masuko. Yeah. Um, but no, I would have definitely gotten into this. Yeah. As a teenager. I listened to one of their songs a fair bit in high school. Or... Oh. Yeah, high school, year 12. Um, 
via, and I just wanted to talk about this very briefly because it feels like it's an interesting time to bring it up. Um, so it was Citizens for Our Betterment. It was a mixtape called Welcome to the New Administration released by Fallout Boy. Get it for our better, betterment. Yep. CFOB. Um, and it was released in August 2008 via Decadence Records. And the whole idea was it was promo for Folia Dew, like their album. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also essentially capitalizing on the upcoming presidential election. Because that would have been Obama and Bush? No. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Uh- no, because that was the end of Bush's... Oh, so then whoever... Whoever was... Was it John McCain? Was it oh. McCain... John McCain and Sarah Palin? Yeah, I think so. Was it John McCain? Yeah, because... No, because I keep thinking of Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney wasn't... Dick I think Cheney it was, was McCain. Dick Cheney was the vice president to Bush. Um, yeah, because I think that first time around it was John McCain and Sarah Palin. Yeah, and then because the next time around it was Mitt Romney. Yeah. Um... And so, yeah, I think it was also part of that whole, like, not that music has ever not been tied to politics in some way, but just Mm. that real wave of, like, post-American idiot, everyone being like, fuck the government, and like, make sure you get out and vote, which is a good thing. Yeah. But, like, this was their sort of way of backing Barack Obama. Obviously it worked, so... (laughs) <laughs> um, we can thank Fallout Boy I know, for Barack Obama's like, people don't recognise Fallout Boy enough for everything they've done for the Democratic Party. Um, but yeah, on this mixtape, and it's so interesting listening to it here in 2020, like, it was just... It, yeah, it was basically just all of these decadence artists. So basically every artist I listened to at the time, just mm. chipping in, like, demos and whatnot... Uh, and yeah, uh, where am it I? It was introduced by Ludacris, who spent more time trying to pronounce Foliadu. Yes. Which is like, come on. It's very um cringe now, but at the time I was just like, this is the funniest shit. Like, but and- ne- yeah, like I listened to it because I listened to it first, for the first time today and it was like, that just, he kind of makes you look like a fool. Like, yeah. It's like, oh, I can't pronounce your album. And yeah. I'm Luda. Luda. So yeah, Four Years Strong, they had a song on it called Butter Bing with a Pipe. Um, and yeah, it, I'm surprised that I never really pursued them beyond that because I really loved that song. Like, mm. we'll add a snippet of it here, but it's just so high energy and like, it's just, it's a vibe. It's a bop, as the kids say. Sing it back to me, this is your life story. You didn't even know what you're trying. Is it gnarly? Yeah, it shreds the gnarly. I'm gonna definitely try and bring this back. Um, But yeah, that entire mixtape just fucking ruled. And like, I love that over the years after it, like, there are still sort of glimpses of it showing up, like, today in air quotes. Sorry, I'm finding it really hard to string sentences together, but like... For instance, Lake Effect Kid, like Fallout Boy's demo, which was track four on this, they finally released it as an actual song, like a proper non-demo song, I think in like, it was either 2019 or 2018. And so, yeah, I was like sitting in my office as like a late 20s person, just like, oh my God, because like (laughs) I had listened to that song so many times when I was a kid and here it was like in a proper like high definition Mm. like version um, how how I feel playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah! See, it's just, it's a rich tapestry, Punk Goes Pod, and just the two hosts and their lives just dovetailing and crossing together and whatever. Um, but yeah, 
Citizens for Our Betterment, like, welcome to the new administration. It's still available online to download, and anyone who missed it at the time, like, it's just a fun little glimpse of, like, what the scene, in quotes, was like at the time. Um, and that's my book report. Very good. Thank you. You get an A. Yes. So, Minus. Ah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Four Years Strong, what do you think of their version? This is sick. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is sick. Uh, I kind of... I I dig that they don't dick around... I'm not saying that, she, that Sarah Bareilles dicked around with the piano intro. She had that kind of room to do that. They just come straight into it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, and like gang vocals. I feel like we haven't yes. spoken about gang vocals for a while. We really haven't. Um, I don't know... Going from the last, oh wait, no, we did because Crazy Train was two weeks ago. Song two was three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but like in the last three weeks, or definitely in, in the last month, this has been my favorite. Of yeah, the covers. yeah, might be, even be one of my favorites in general. Yeah, we should do sometime probably close to the end. Maybe try and do like a top ten. Of our favourite ones. We could do like that brackets thing that everyone's doing at the moment because we don't have anything better oh, to do. Oh, the tier list. So like how you, like the baseball brackets or whatever the fuck you call them. Oh, okay. Cause... How you do like, so you start with like groups of two of all the songs or players or whatever the fuck. Mm. You pick two and moves it into the next level and then you go them against. That would be huge. There is also the tier list that you can do. It's like five tiers and you can pick which song... Um, I think it's just simple software. I, ah. I'll have to show you because I have seen multiple like YouTubers use it a lot. Like right. the wrestling YouTube channel Cultaholic, they do tier lists. Yep. Um, for like the best wrestlers of all time, so it's like they got the five. Okay. Or like eighties wrestlers or something. So they got like the best and then the worst. And then yeah. They can, yeah. Nice. Well, we, we could do that for every like fifty. So we're coming up close to that. Yeah. So, that sounds good. Yeah. Because yeah. two hundred. 60 or whatever would be huge. Yeah, that's true. That would be a lot. Um, but no, it's it's definitely... Although I did like the Forever the Sickest Kids version of uh, Crazy Train. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like, going back to song two, how, you know, Plain White Tees really didn't do anything new with the song. Um, this takes it to other levels and yeah. it's that thing that we've spoken about before if you know a punk band taking an original or taking someone else's song and go okay well let's show you what the punk version of that would sound like or let's show you yeah. what the easy call version of that would yeah. sound like and it works yeah it really really works um and they even they even do throw in a bit of a tie in the bridge um or like the little not interlude but you know like it's the bridge yeah. where it is you know before the last chorus and they do go back to piano in there yeah. as well it's it is one of those ones and again we've said it before one of those ones it's done with love like done with yeah with no tongue-in-cheek it's just they might have liked the song as well maybe they didn't but they have done a very earnest version of a like a pop punk hardcore easy call version of love song yeah. Yeah, it's dope. I think what I like about it is that, and I think what makes, bleh, I think part of what makes it such a successful cover is the lyrics of the original, I could very easily see like a pop punk band having written them themselves. Yeah. Like this isn't, I think what I like about it is it just sort of fits seamlessly into this aesthetic. Like it's not sort of like a, Oh, I can't think. There's, I'm sure there, yeah, I'm sure there already have been or there will be songs where it's just like, the lyrics-wise, like, it's just straight pop and it does feel a bit disconcerting to hear it within, like, a punk goes cover, for example. Every time we do a Taylor Swift version where a dude screams about... Yeah, true. You know, when it's not a love song, when it's a dude screaming, although, what was the... You Belong With Me is a love song. Um, like, that doesn't feel good. Yeah, um, whereas, and this isn't, this isn't, you know, fuck you, you bitch, you have to be with me because I fucking have it in my mind that you're going to be with me. It's, you know, and this could be construed as 
it's you know a guy and a girl it, probably yeah. a guy and a girl because it's pop punk mm. but it could very well be and it's not a terrible message of like hey i'm not gonna write you a love song yeah but there's just so many like lyrical bits in this or like metaphors used that kind of thing that do feed into that aesthetic like head underwater and they tell me to breathe easy for a while like that's such a thing that like a pop punk band would open with in like an album or something um i also feel like that's an evanescence lyric yeah (laughs) yeah well there was that going under song um yeah like it's just it feeds in really well i guess that's where the sort of underlying not necessarily anger but like just that underlying sense of defiance from the original plays into this really well yeah um but then again like it sort of translates into still like this really cute kind of wholesome song from four years strong like it just works only thing that pulls me out just a fraction and if i listen to it enough i wouldn't hear it anymore it's when they try and hit that high note of, I'm not going to write you to say. Yeah. Just doesn't hit it quite. Yeah. Quite so good. Could have just maybe not tried to do that. Yeah. Could have just been like, to say. Yeah. Yeah. And look, again, I don't, I'm not really taking points. It's maybe like a half a point <laughs> from, from a damn near perfect song. I yeah. would say. Like it's, um, yeah, and as I said, like if I listened to it long enough, I would not hear it anymore. Yeah. I was thinking this morning about it. I would love to hear a sort of in-between version of this and the Sarah Bareilles version, like one that sticks to the original tempo, for example, but is more just... Like Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. No, I don't know. Like I'm... Tom Waits. No, that's not the vibe I'm thinking at all. Um... <sighs> I don't know, like, I'm just sort of picturing, like, even, like, a Weezer kind of thing. Okay, yeah. Like, same tempo as the Sarah Bareilles version. But with guitars instead of pianos. Yeah, but with the sort of, just the power chords and stuff. Like, I reckon that would sound really cool. Yeah. Unfortunately, we couldn't find a cover like that. No. So we're not going to be talking about covers this week. But you know what? I think we've done a pretty decent job without them this week yeah um no i really enjoy this and i think like i say this every week when we're talking about a band that i'm not that familiar with but like i genuinely want to give four years strong a listen do it yeah because they like they like as i you know i'm you know i did and i yeah would have definitely and i possibly will listen to a little bit more after this i don't know if they pop up again for us no, not sure. Or if this is it. I, um... Yeah. <laughs> Sam just gave a thumbs up. So, on that note, Samuel, hell yeah or yeah nah? Hell yeah, on both regards. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon. What about you? No, I agree. Cool. Very enthusiastic thumbs up. Yeah. I've been doing lots of thumbs up this week on Zoom calls, but because I don't know where... Like, you know when you... If it's just you on the screen, you can place where you need to, like, block your arms and everything for you to see it. But then when you're grouped with other video or, like, other screens in a Zoom chat, for example, Mm. and then the camera sort of reversed to what you're used to, like, you'll put up your right arm Mm. expecting to see it, but it's on the left or something, like... Yeah. So I've just been doing lots of, like, disjointed, like, thumbs up where I sort of put it up and then just sort of have to, like, move it across the screen and, like, <laughs> place it to where... And I just look like such a fuckwit. I... Yeah. I am so grateful that we have Zoom and Skype and Teams and everything else to stay in touch, but, like... Yeah. I sort of find myself struggling between, like... I do not want to let anyone see my face versus I am really struggling with this conversation because I can't see anyone's face. Mm. Anyway. Mm. Next week, what are we looking at, Sam? Britney, bitch. It's Britney, bitch. Britney, bitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, till the world ends. Mm-hmm. 
by Britney Spears and I See Stars. Yes. Yeah. Until then, as always, thank you for listening. We hope you are keeping well, keeping safe, keeping sane, keeping occupied, doing as much or as little as you want to be doing. Don't feel like you have to be overly productive because things are fucked at the moment. Mm. Um, yeah, don't... If all you want to do is lay on the couch and read or watch television or... Like eat chips or something. Like, yeah. Just you, go for you it. You do you. Like... Yeah. Who cares? Like, don't don't buy into that thing of, oh, this is a great time. Yeah, it would be. But at the same time, if that's not your motivation right now... Yeah. Then, like... Who cares? It's and your it's your time. It's your isolation. Yeah. Look, if I were to recommend anything to you, I would just say wash your hands. Yep. Stay at home, and keep listening to Punk Goes Pod. Absolutely. All right. All right. <laughs> I God, we really need a sign off, don't we? I mean, you need to work on that in isolation, I guess. Ha. Uh... Uh...